0: Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Naked Leadership Podcast. My name's Chad. In this episode, I'm with Dan and Adrian once again, and we're having a conversation about meetings again. You know, we had a a few uh, earlier this year, we had an episode around the structure of meetings and how to structure meetings to get the most out of them. If you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. It'll give you some context for this conversation. But even if you haven't, no worries at all. You're not going to be lost. This is a different topic. We are talking about how to show up in meetings to get the most out of them. Who do we need to be in order to have effective meetings? And that's different than what do we do? And uh, I, I had a great time in this conversation. We get a little goofy in the beginning, and uh, it was fun to, uh, to hear Dan play the role of somebody who hates meetings. Anyway, I'm so excited for, for you to listen uh, and to be a part of the conversation. Let's get into it. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Chad. I'm here with Dan and Adrian. And uh, I, I just have a, at the top of the, of the conversation, I have a question. Why did you guys call this meeting? I didn't, man. You made me be here. I don't know. What's
1: uh-huh. nothing valuable about this meeting? Why are we even having it? I can't.
0: It's going to be just like the last one. This is such a waste of time.
1: I mean, why did you call it?
0: Well, you know, I wanted It's a schedule. It's a regularly scheduled meeting. We do this every Tuesday.
2: I just I just have to be here because it's Tuesday at one thirty, and I'm. And, and
1: I, I just got to tell you, every time I come, I don't get anything out of this thing. I mean, it's like a waste of my time.
0: I, I usually leave the meeting and tell all of my people on my team how bad the meetings suck.
2: <laughs> I'm slacking them actually, as we speak, about how much a waste of time you are, Chad. And
1: I wow. can't. Yeah. I put it. I posted on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's talk about
0: meetings. You know, We did a couple months ago, earlier on in the year, we talked about um, structure of meetings and how we can structure them to get the most out of them. What was missing in that conversation for me, as I looked back on it, was we didn't spend a lot of time uh, talking about how we show up to a meeting or how we can invite people to show up to a meeting in order to make it what we want it to be. And you know my working title for this is that meetings don't just happen to us. Yeah. But that the title wasn't exactly right yeah, because they you actually did. do. Yeah. In the fact, truth. the way that most, of, the way that a lot of people show up to meetings is that the meeting is just happening to them. Yeah, uh, as if they have no choice in it. And
1: oh, we don't, don't you know? If we don't come, then they'll get well. The you know, I'll get demoted or, you know, I won't get the pay I want or I could get, you know, fired. You don't understand. You don't know what it's like to be me.
2: Yeah. You're right. I don't. I'm in in seven or eight of these a day. So, I mean, they want, they, we have meetings about what I need to do, but I'm in meetings so much I can't do it. So,
0: wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's, there's
1: uh, (laughs) like, what kind of podcast is this? (laughs) I mean, is this just another, like, what's the purpose of the podcast? I mean, I'm getting no value out of it.
0: Yeah. I kind of feel like we're having a meeting about meetings. (laughs) (laughs) I literally heard that
2: this week is that. Is that because of the organizational structure? This is a quote. Because of the organizational structure, I have to have a pre-meeting before the meeting to talk to these people. Then I have the meeting. Then I have a post-meeting with these people about the meeting. And I've got, and I'm like, I understand. Okay, that's what's happening now. Would you like to lead,
1: or well, what are you leading yeah. into each one of those sessions?
2: Yeah,
0: well, that's a good place to start. Is there only one leader in a meeting?
2: Oh, I, I don't think so.
1: Why not? I, I, it's okay if I talk now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, <laughs> Damn, we're going, to take this one all the way home. I my thing is yeah. there's only me in the meeting. Really. I mean, there's what I'm making up about what you're saying, there's what I'm making up about what I'm saying. There's there's what I'm making up about why we're together. There's you know, and, and I don't if I'm really aware of that, then I'm going to own what I'm coming here to have happen and what I'm coming to get, you know, what I need support with and et cetera. Right. But that can be disruptive if everybody else is just coming along for the ride, Mm -hmm. which is okay. But I think, yeah, there's everybody's, there's only you in the meeting, really you and what you're making up about everybody else. And, you know, and what you think they can do for you, what you think they can't do for you, and what you think your obligations are to them and all that. All that's operating in there. And now, well, you know, like, we, I know when I come to a meeting, I, it's, I'm either going to be, what am I going to have happen here? Or what am I going to, how am I going to protect myself? How am I going to get through this so I can get on with my day? Those are all different conversations that determine the quality of the meeting. And then I, and if it doesn't come out the way I want it to, if I think it's the meeting, then I can use the meeting as a scapegoat. I don't have to own anything. And therefore, I'm stuck and I feel helpless and I can't do anything about these useless meetings. I mean,
0: yeah, you're touching on something, Dan, that I wanted to, to really dig into is what are some of the typical benefits of an employee or a team member to go to the meetings, not lead or not show up in a way that would get something done and then go and and complain about the meeting?
1: Well, I mean, there's, there's a lot. We talked a lot about complaint, right? It just plays into the whole idea that if I complain about the meeting, then people have to cater to me like I'm putting them on notice. What I want is your is dependent on you and you're obligated to give it to me. And now I've set up a relationship that if it's received, the weight of my value, of the value I'm going to get is living in your lap. Right. And yeah. a codependent relationship that results in nothing but frustration, resentment, and alienation.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just, I wrote this down this morning and, and going to do a post about it today. And what I wrote down was people tend to complain about what's outside their control rather than owning what's inside their control. And that's usually how people show up in a meeting. It's like, okay, I'm already he- I'm 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 already in this meeting as if it's it has pre-disappointed me. <laughs> right? I'm walking in pre-disappointed. Now it might be because I don't even want to be here. I want to be doing what I'm doing or something else. Or because I hate this person that's talking, I think this is a BS project we're on, but I'm already here as a complaint just waiting to happen, and, yeah. you know, and, and that's so that Your your presence is a complaint and you end up generating what you're complaining about. Every complaint does that. We end up generating what we're complaining about.
1: Gabby, Gabby. Of,
2: yeah, that's right. Yeah. So no, if, if if I'm coming in as as this meeting's a waste of time, I will prove myself to be true. I'll prove that idea to be true. I will make sure that's true. And one of the great ways to do it is to uh, either Yeah. Yes, that's right. To waste time. And to, you know, under participate is a great way to ensure the meeting's not valuable, is to under participate.
1: Yeah. Well, if you think about it, why, would, why am I hired? Why am I on this team? Well, I'm on this team to produce what isn't. If you think about it, like I'm here to figure out what it's going to take to produce what isn't here yet. Mm. That's my job. So the purpose of the meeting is for me to do that to, in whatever way I can and to get the information and resource I need to continue to produce what isn't when I leave the meeting. And yeah. everybody else is there to do the same thing, right? But even if they're not, I if I'm responsible for getting what I need to produce what isn't, it's going to trigger others to come to the party because they're gonna have to either acknowledge, accept, or you know, act on what I ask for and how I engage, or they're gonna resist it. But either way, we start to find out what's wanted and needed because somebody took responsibility, took hold of getting clear about what it's going to take to produce what isn't that we said mattered to us. And I I think, you know, just stopping long enough to ask myself, well, what is it I'm here to produce? What is it, what is it that's most important that isn't yet that I'm standing to have happen? And how can I use this meeting to turn, have that turn out? I don't think, you know, I, I spend time thinking about that because we, every one of our calls is like that if we're doing a coaching call, right? Or if we're doing a consulting call it's what. Is it that needs to happen that isn't happening now yeah up up until now and yeah. how can we how can i stand how can i engage myself give myself to this whatever the meeting is to begin to have that show up and from show up after that as well
2: yeah but dan but dan you don't understand i don't have it's not my meeting
1: that's right i you're right i don't understand how it's not your meeting but he
2: you know the boss puts this meeting together i don't have power i don't get to set the agenda here that's right and (laughs) so i i I hear what you're saying but i you know i it's it's not i don't have i don't have the power to really shift the conversation it's not my meeting
0: How how can you produce something when you're not in control
1: yeah. and what whose conversation are you talking about that you have to shift? Well, the,
2: you know what happens. I guess what happens in the meeting. You mean know, it's like you know he starts off and he starts talking.
1: Well, and my, my, my question is, whose conversation can you control? Right. That's yeah. You think about that. That's really what's missing is we think yeah because I'm not determined by what you say. I'm determined by what I say about what you say or what I decide. Right. And that I think you're going to fire me if I say this isn't you, it's me. Yeah, that's good. And so those are. It's like that. That might very well be a meeting. Is having a meeting. Like here's how we're going to have our meetings. Here's what. Like look, if you're at the meeting, there's obviously you have something to accomplish because you're at the meeting. Now what is that That's up to you. It might be that what
2: people are there to accomplish is survival. Right, they're just there to. To get by. They're just there to get by. They're just there to show up and sh- and save face and make sure they don't get fired.
1: Well, that's a great... I mean, you bring it, it's like, what question are you living out of, right? Am I living out of how can I survive? Or am I living out of what's wanted and needed to bring forth what I'm committed to? But you're right. Our default is how do I get through this? How do I get through another day and make sure I get my pay? That's a very... Yeah, I feel,
0: I great feel like... These are such good points that both of you are making and, and just opening my eyes to so many things. This idea, idea Dan, that you know, you're there pro- to produce something that's not, that doesn't already exist. And the meeting is a way to do that again or more or that's it's a it's, it's tool, a resource for you to, yeah. to support your production. However, if you're at the company, if you're on the team to survive... To collect a paycheck for as little you as you can do, that is gonna that's the way you're gonna get to the meetings as well. What little can I do here to not be seen, not be called out? Right, not be noticed.
1: Yeah. And which is distinct from how can I have my workplace be an opportunity to express the most valuable things of my life and to connect with people that I wanna spend the rest of my life with? Because that's what I'm doing. I mean, am mm-hmm. I there? get a paycheck holy shit that's that's kind of a small game right or am am i there to actually do i want to work with these people you know this i'm spending a lot of my life with them so how do i create that we get this done and we enjoy ourselves and we go through challenges and those challenges deepen our relationship like how, how do you do that i think dalio talks about this in really clear terms like you know, don't hire somebody for the job at hand. Hire somebody you'd want to spend the rest of your life working with. And how do you create that environment? And I'll tell you what, man. When there's nothing more uh, revealing, when somebody says, "Well, I, I, you know, I don't. I'm just here. I'm, this is my profession." Where you know, think about it. Well, you're gonna just catch your. You're gonna bifurcate your life, and you spend probably forty percent of your life at work. And you're not going to show up. You're not going to make it the biggest opportunity to, to, to express and like you would, like you think it'd be different when you go home, <laughs> right? <laughs> like this, this, I think that's really, I know for me, that's a, that's been all my life since I was a kid when I started working. It was like, I don't want to, I, w- I want to go to work somewhere where I, I, I'm i going to contribute. And it's as important as being with my family. Otherwise, why do I want to spend all my time there? Yeah. And that that takes some discipline and some courage. Because sure. just like in a family, there are going to be some members who don't want to be, you know, aren't going to want to participate like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so many places to go in this conversation or so many interests and even examples pop up of what of conversations I've had in this domain with clients even just recently. But my, before that, it's like this point here. It's like, what if I choose not to just be my work self when I'm at work? Yeah. What if I choose to just be my full self when I'm at work and what, you know, and, you know, and just decide that it matters, decide that the conversation matters, decide that, the, that this time, that every hour of my day just matters. Like if I decide that, that's, that's a shift for most of us, including me at times, sometimes I'm just whatever. And, yeah. but also like, also just, just decide that the quality of my relationship with my peers or my superiors or the people that report to me that those relationships matter. That I'm not using them to get something done, we're actually doing something together, and I won't be a tool of theirs either. you know, and if I feel like I'm being used for an outcome, I'm actually going to to- I'm going to say combat, I don't mean that I was going I'm just going to talk about that, right if'm just if I'm just being tooled here, then I'm, that also is below my own standard for myself, you know because I'm not here just to be on someone's p and l sheet. I'm not here just to be a widget that pumps out xyz i'm actually here to be fully
1: the conversation that comes up with maybe, maybe, maybe kind of makes me think of that condition yeah. is yeah. when you hear somebody say look this is just business yeah it's not personal
2: right <laughs> it's like and whoever says that means hey i'm about to be a dick and please please i don't don't give me a check mark in that box you know it's i'm like- just i'm here to get something done yeah it's just a small, think, small, small minds that think that way
1: well it, i mean think about it how many times have you heard somebody say well you know this I, I i didn't come here for this but that's you know whatever i've got is what i got so how can i make what i got into what i'm committed to it being yeah that, that it's like the minute i start to resist I, I, it's wrong, bad, or broken, whatever's going on. And now what do I want to do? Well, I want to distance myself from it by making myself better, making myself worse. You know, it's finding some way to get away from the very thing I'm actually called to turn into what isn't. Yeah.
2: This is why, I mean, this the essence we're talking about here is really usually what we end up spending a lot of our time talking with clients about. Because this is kind of the conversation about the conversation, You know, it's like we're having a meeting, but our thinking about the meeting is what's generating the meeting, you know, and what all we're, we're pre-programming ourselves, how we're being, what we're doing afterwards, what we're not doing afterwards, the conversations that the the meeting produces, the actions the meeting produces or doesn't produce, you know, it's this invisible, you know, next level conversation. I'm just, you know, I I feel, I always feel for folks. And this is why part of, I love this work because I feel for folks that end up just, Deciding to be checked out or to deciding to be resigned because that's like easier in their mind instead of going and having the conversation,
1: yeah, and you say checked out, it shows up like I have a meeting coming, and instead of asking myself, what do I want to get done and what do I need to prepare in order to be in the meeting, I try to find a way to avoid the meeting, I try to find a way to sit to the meeting and not have to be called out Uh, rather than inventing. Why am I in this meeting? What am I going to accomplish? Right? Like I know for me, I'm a stickler about, okay, what are we gonna do before this meeting? Like that's one of the things we're doing with one of our clients is, okay, we have a meeting tomorrow. What is it we want to accomplish in that meeting? How's the best way to accomplish it? How can we invite people into it? If we come like like that, then we're more likely going to start to provoke that from the people that come into the meeting. Yeah. Right.
0: What, and what, oh, Dan? What I hear you saying is that like making the meeting or the leader of the meeting wrong, bad, or broken is a strategy for you to not have to show up.
1: Yeah, for me to just be a spectator. You know, there's participants, there's players, there's coaches, there's referees, and there's spectators. And mm-hmm. it's, a lot of times, I want to be a spectator in my life because I don't want to be wrong, bad, or broken. I don't want to miss. I don't want to expose my my self and where I'm at. So I try to get by. Right.
0: I don't want to risk.
1: I don't want to risk what, what it takes to participate, but it's that. And, and then I wonder why my experience of life isn't as, you know, as fulfilling as it could be. Yeah. It's like, that's directly related to the risk level, right? And yeah. we at work, you know, like if my work is about, it's either going to be about my identity, which is me validating who I am, or it's going to be about an expression of what matters to me and how I can use I can I can turn my work into a, a value added experience for me in life no matter where anybody else is right because you can be pissy you can be cynical you can somebody else can think people can go wherever they go but if I'm there to create value I find ways to engage that to bring forth that value it's it's just part of the part of what shows up in the space of a, a place where my life matters right
0: yeah, well, the, the stand and the commitment reveal the resources.
1: Yeah, and and, and what it does, it reveals the resources, it, and the resources are wherever anybody is, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you stand committed to something, those who are apathetic or cynical or or sarcastic or you know trying to disin, disengage or not invest become very evident. Mm-hmm. And, and then those conversations now become an opportunity to go understand or. You know, I can resist those and be thrown back into that aesthetic space, back into the stands, right? Am I going to stay on the field or am I going to get thrown back in the stands? Does that make sense? Like, am I going to stay a player or am I going to go back to observing because I'm afraid of getting tackled or blocked or, you know, hurt or, you know, left out? Yeah,
2: well there's there's lots of nuance here because I mean you can be let's say you're in a an hour long meeting and there are aspects of it you're a player. There there are certain topics or certain moments in the the meeting that you're a player, and then there's certain things that you're unwilling to engage, and then your unwillingness to engage is what puts you back in the stands as a spectator. You know, and usually the, the unfortunate part of this is that the solution is rather simple.
1: Yeah, it is. That's
2: always what's unfortunate. You know, because I, I mean, like me, I love it if the solutions are complex and that gives me lots of reasons why I don't have to do it. You know, I'm just thinking about, please, the example in my head was like, if you're in a meeting with your top leaders and somebody's being cynical or being a naysayer or being that person. Like, so the what most people do is work around that person. That's what most people do. Or, or change the topic. Or divert Or let's move on. They like to say that. Let's move on. Instead of saying, hey, Tom, I always pick on Tom in these conversations. Hey, Tom, you seem pretty cynical. What's going on? Now, that's what Tom is screaming for somebody to ask him based on his behavior. He's waving the flag saying, hey, I've got got an issue that I'd like to talk about. I don't know how to talk about it or I'm unwilling to talk about it in a proactive way, I'm going to throw a three-year-old fit over here called cynicism because I'm a grown adult and I'm going to be smarter than you and judge the crap out of you, but I'm dying for someone to help me know and get a hold of what's going on for me.
1: Or right, Yeah, help me believe I can still make a difference. That's right. A cynic is, as one author said, a cynic is a passionate person who's vowed never to be heard again. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it's to get involved is to get risky like that, but that, that's a, that's a powerful point. And then if somebody still resists, maybe the meeting is not the place to do it, but you certainly now flagged it and you can say, hey, let's talk offline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good conversation to have. Let's do it offline. Let's get that thing nailed so we can all be here together. You know, if, if it's too, if it's too detailed or in the weeds for that particular meeting, you can always do that. And that's, that's valuable, right? Because now you say, look, why don't you and I meet and I'll just follow up and we'll, Let's get together and just talk this out. Yeah. the thing well, I think the thing is most of the, our clients, people tend, the most successful clients see difficult conversations as the way to forward their commitment in the workplace and to create value. Those who are, let's say, mediocre or less are avoiding those conversations, hoping somebody else is going to have them, even though they bother them or are their responsibility now you're talking about that that's a culture that's going to be uh gossipy resistant siloed right and to get this it's really not a whole lot to get to 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 correct it but it feels like it at first because at first all the undone conversations need to be had and people need to be you know like, like you start to reconcile them but once you get that straight things start to move and and, and the rate of motion comes way up in the culture but it's really you know allowing a space for to be transparent to have the conversations that the culture probably doesn't want to have and it's amazing how those conversations are the very things that are going to move the culture into the future yeah yeah well
2: you know this is why and I, I wish, I mean, maybe, maybe somebody needs to reinvent language around instead of calling it a meeting. Because what it is, it's, it's a mix, right? It's a mixing of what's happening in the company comes together in a room and it's represented in the leaders.
1: I like what Jenny said in that interview with Jenny. She called it fellowship. Yeah. This is yeah. fellowship. We're, we're coming together. Oh, she used the fellowship of the ring, the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. We're coming together to accomplish something. Yeah. Right. And so the meeting is the place where when we get together to re- reiterate why we're coming together and what's wanted and needed at that time to forward the purpose of the fellowship. Hmm. I love what she said. I mean, of what we promised the world, how can we get behind that and what's wanted and needed to take that to the next level to get better today than we were yesterday? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of uh, just putting a pin back in the idea of this being a spectator, or being a player. One thing that I hear a lot is people like one of the main complaints that I hear about meetings is that I come in and I do my thing for five minutes and then that's it. Like that's the only reason I'm in there is to give my piece. Right. And then I have to be in there for 55 more minutes or whatever it is. And while everybody else gives their piece. Mm mm-hmm. Right. And so what they're what they're seeing as their role in their meeting is to go in for one play and then they can't learn anything from the rest of the game. Like they have no they have no purpose in watching the rest of the game or being involved in the rest of the game.
1: Which to me well go ahead. That would be like The running backs not wanting, like after you, 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 so you get off the field. So you just go over and start doing whatever you, you don't pay attention to what the defense is doing. And you don't pay attention to where the team is and how are we winning? And there's no cheering and supporting the other team. Like, it's like, Oh, I'm done. Right. Everybody on the bench is playing marbles or chess or cards or they're on the phone. That's right. I, I just,
0: I can, I just have this like, I got this vision of like the kicker being brought out onto the field at a tie game to kick the longest kick of his life to win the game, but he hadn't been watching any of it, and he knows none of the context.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and you think the other thing in the business context, the person that just wants to come to the meeting and do their part and then leave is usually the person that's disappointed because they were out of touch with their dependencies from other departments. And then now they don't know why they're not being delivered or where to look for them. Or they lose They're they're out of sync with the organization they depend on to accomplish what they're there to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we're interdependent. It isn't like we're independent or, you know, but we're interdependent. We're doing our thing and our thing is highly connected to and reliant on the rest.
0: They're usually the same players that are complaining about being independent from the group. <laughs>
1: yeah. How come nobody, you know, I'm over here by myself. Yeah. <laughs> Please come closer, get away.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, there's, a, there's a, an old conversation has been showing up in my head with a leader I met once on site and I was walking by, and you ta- pointed out the, the, this boardroom. And I said, you know, is that where you do your senior leadership team meetings? And he said, yeah. And he said, you know, he made a joke. And his joke was, yeah, when we're in there, people think something's happening in there. And I thought, I know where we're headed, sir. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure.
2: Yeah, his joke was a little too true. I, I knew it at the time. And I thought, okay, we'll see how and when this shows up, and you know, you just told me, right? I mean, I could read between the lines about what he, it was his meetings, quote unquote, that were happening in there. And he already had a preset belief that nothing really can happen inside those walls. Or And what probably, I mean, as as time would end up telling, he didn't really feel like he had a lot of agency. Yeah. The highest ranking person in the organization.
1: Yeah. What I heard behind this, a lot of frustration or upset or withheld anger. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but usually, you know, in my experience, now I have this conversation with almost every client at some point is have you have you stopped and had a conversation with the people in your meeting about what works or what doesn't work in the meeting. You know, there's like very little level setting about how we're going to be with each other, how we're going to show up with what level of clarity, with what level of preparation, with what level of conviction are we allowed to not speak our opinion in here? Are we allowed, you know, what what works in this meeting, what doesn't work in the meeting? I don't know that I've met a leader that has had that conversation before I bring it up to them. I'm sure there are millions of leaders that do, but it's a how we're going to play ball conversation. I always call it Well it works orient- for me. Orientation. An, ori- an orientation, which is a, an expect, you know, an orientation then becomes an expectation of just what the standard is around here. And because yeah. you don't have those, then whatever people get away with is the
1: standard. Yeah, it's interesting when I... Worked at Lifespring as a young man. I'll never forget. The, the orient was the best orientation I ever had. I sat down, and I remember the guy sat me down. And he said, okay, listen up. When there's a meeting called, there's nobody in the meeting but you. What do you want to get done in the meeting? Make sure you have your notes prepared. Be ready to answer any questions. Be there to get something done. If you, you know, it won't work for you to come in and think that the meeting is going is for you, like everybody's like they're supposed to give you something. It's not a television show. It's not a passive form of entertainment. I'll never forget him telling me that. It is a participant, just like the trainings that we do. You bring it. What are you committed to? You know what you have to accomplish. You know what you need from people. If it doesn't get done, it's up. It's it's on you. I was like, yeah. wow, got it. I'll never forget that meeting. I was stick with my pad. I had all my notes. I was like. Okay, what am I doing
0: here? <laughs> yeah. Adrian, every time every time I've had that conversation with a leader about how how have you trained your people to show up in a meeting? How have you what invitations have you extended to them to make them the meeting their own? What's acceptable, what's unacceptable? The the re- reaction I most get I get most of the time is that it's like, but that's so meta. That's so uh my you know, we should just know that. They should just know to come to the table prepared to contribute and, you know, give their opinions and, you know, all of this sort of things.
1: What you're saying is you don't want to take responsibility for orienting your team. And I, and then that'll get perfect. Cause then you can complain about how disoriented they are and you just don't, you can fire someone else and bring someone else in.
0: And then <laughs> yeah, to- to disorient them.
1: you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have high turnover.
2: Yeah. How much time do you want to waste? This would be one of my... I mean, no problem. I get your strategy, like the less say fair it'll just be what it's supposed to be, uh, but how much time do you want to waste? How much money do you want to lose?
1: Yeah, you know we, that- and you'd keep people a long time if you handle if you if you really have meetings where you're actually meeting and you're you know like there's a preparation, there's the meeting there's the deep review for yourself just did okay what happened what's wanted, needed, where do I go? I know when we had uh when when we were working with uh, ACCD and we had a nonprofit, we had probably 15 trainers that lasted 14 years or so. I remember everything we would, they would do a training. We would, we would deep, we ground them before the training. They do the training. We debrief them. We'd have individually, then we'd come together as a group and do the same thing. But that kind of continuity kept people on the same page and it kept the quality of the work because we're all service, Right kept the quality of the service up because we were checking each other and yeah. then we'd report each other. Right. So there's this ongoingness about what we were doing. I know that that's probably part of what I think, you know, it's, it, that's probably the biggest challenge is to get that continuity in. Like, what are we doing? What are we accomplishing? What worked? What didn't work? Yeah. And then, and that also sets the context for the other meetings that break off of the main meetings, like, because the yeah. main meetings will probably be higher altitude. Then you break down into more detailed stuff.
2: Well, my, I, I'm just thinking now, even broader. I'm thinking as technology has improved, you know, th- there's there is some natural cynicism I think about meetings because if meetings are a place to share information, then they're a waste of, then they could be seen as and might actually be a waste of time. Yeah. If you have email and Slack and blah blah and text and the, da, 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 da. we That's have all right. we don't we don't need to meet. This is what I'm connecting the dots here, at least I'm trying to get a value driven here, which is we're not meeting to share information. That's There's lots of other mediums to do that more effectively. Actually, we could be in a meeting to check on the holders of the information, right? It's like the ones right. that are generating action and thinking for the company. And that is in the human beings that are the leaders of the company and how they're doing and how they're approaching things. I mean, if they're not competent, then they ought not be there. But many, many of us will settle for letting our leaders be attitudinally incompetent. And we don't think that's worth pursuing, let alone training, let alone checking in on and being in an open dialogue about how we're showing up with one another. Because it's the it's the quality of the conversation at the table that ought to be studied.
1: Yeah, well, you know, just the, the idea that there's a certain we talked about it in a couple of podcasts before but there's a certain spirit that that comes out of the way we we relate to each other and that's valuable because it it's we're when we're connected we actually you know it's proven that human beings are smarter individually when they're connected in a group but if we're resisting each other in the group we don't get that kind of uh we don't get that advantage you know we don't get that what is that? I guess it's like a synergy. It's like a synergistic effect that occurs. Creativity goes up, but that's only if people are involved and, and working together. If, if they're resisting each other, then it's like awkward. It's stuck. If it doesn't really contribute. it. I feel like I'm wasting my time. You know, it's that whole resistant thing.
2: Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a point I want to make that, from both sides. So one is, well, I'll, I'll share it how I heard it. So, I'm coaching this person that's on. She's on her way up through a major Fortune 500 company and she's made major leaps and she's amazing. And, you know, they're going through transition. And so she's had to be reorienting her team as it shifts, right? So, it's a lot, it's a heavy lift. Every meeting really matters. You wow. got to like catch people, contain, re, you know, set vision. Grieve with those that are, you know, we've lost some soldiers recently. We need to grieve with those, and then we need to recontextualize and build trust. Anyway, there's a lot that there's a huge possibility that she sees.
1: Yeah, she's aware of how they're working together, right? Yeah. That's that's a very different thing, and that's part of the value of the meeting is to tune how we're working together. That's something you can't do over email.
2: Yeah. Right. So she, she yes. So to your point, yes, yeah, she totally gets that, and she's operating at that level. And then she has a lot of peer. She has a number of peers at that level. And part of why she's really gone up and up and up in the organization is because she gets the people side of the business. Yeah, and and she's very empathetic and very warm and very meticulous. I mean, she's pulled off both. Right. So yeah. she brought it up though because the the when her peers get together her boss doesn't lead dynamic meetings. And she's actually concerned about it because she's scared that her peers are going to run the same type of meetings that her boss has been running. If that makes sense, right? Because she actually knows that this is what's wanted and needed in the organization. And so one is, of course, my conversation is, hey, why don't you go talk to the guy about it? Ask him about, what he wants to get out of the meetings when they meet together, because she's got some feedback for him and she's got concerns based on the feedback. And there's a future that she doesn't want if it continues. So I put obviously challenged her. I say, obviously, because for us it's obvious the next thing is to do is go have a conversation with the guy. And so that's, so first off, if you're not, if you're in a meeting that's got concerns for you and you're not the boss, no problem speak as if it's yours speak at the concerns that are happening speak at the desires that are happening and go influence if you're going to be there if you're going to be there and 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 something hits you like a complaint go speak about it so that it is an opportunity to regenerate something new can happen number one
1: and and, and if and even if that's daunting to you the value is getting up to that yeah like like even if that conversation seems like well shit i could get fired or it puts me in a compromised position or it might make irritate them well that's good that That's a challenge to answer, because if it doesn't, it's also if you don't speak it up, it could come back. You end up losing the value of what you're doing together.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, she's one of this guy's most trusted leaders right now. Yeah. So that's that's the ironic part of it is is that if you approach that conversation well, it is advocacy. Because I'm thinking now for the senior to the top senior leaders that are listening to this and I know what you're up i i know i'm very connected to what you're up against schedule wise so but that's your schedule is a circumstance we're asking you to be something beyond your circumstance which might actually require first off it it, uh, it will require you to get connected to what's happening versus your story about why it has to be happening so for example if you're running a shitty meeting don't Tell yourself, oh, I I, if I, wouldn't be this way if I had more time. That's your story about why it has to be the way it is. At first, just own the fact that, hey, I run really shitty meetings. You know? Okay, great. Now, what do you want to do about it? Because what what might be what's needed is actually to share the level of vision and insight and even planning for the meeting. And I don't know a lot of top leaders that are doing this. Because there's certain people in your organization that are really great at the human dynamic side of things, and to have actually a 15 minute conversation with them on Monday about the meeting that's going to happen on Thursday, it might be the best thing you could do. Because you're not, you're not you're going to be back to back meetings and whatever, and you could plan it at 10 o'clock at night if you want, or you could enroll somebody else into helping you facilitate an effective meeting. Because a lot of top leaders I know aren't that great at the people stuff; they actually need it's not that not that great it doesn't come to, as naturally to them or the concerns or definitely the the tools of connecting folks uh you know aren't as inherent for them so this is a place usually where top leaders can enroll others into helping them
1: i mean just look your friend was you can tell she's a strong leader because she yes. she sees transition happening in the organization she wants to make sure people are grieving those leaving completing and then reinventing themselves or recommitting themselves to why they're there because if they don't they're going to be dangling wondering what's next and are they going to be next and you know she's yep. paying attention to the invisible things that usually creep up and then mo- many leaders if they're too driven on the tasks will miss out and wonder why people just dropped out on them why mm-hmm. they were why they were gaslighted or like that It's a big deal, man. Yeah. Especially nowadays with all this change, people, you know, you you never know. Like, I'm thinking about one of our clients who said, you know, we brought up to him, there's a very productive guy in his team, not who's reached out to him multiple times to have meetings. And he said, well, I have an open doors policy. And the guy never, and I don't go see him because I can count on him. But I spend a lot of time with the squeaky wheels. And if you think about it, So the guy that means the most to him, he doesn't spend time with really working with sooner or later, that person is going to be the squeaky wheel or they're going to disappear. And he's going to wonder, why did he disappear? Right. Because that and that guy was already communicating. He didn't feel supported. And he was he got the wrong message. He thought he's being neglected when he is being trusted. Right. And just one meeting could clear that up. Right. One simple conversation. Fifteen minutes. Yeah. As we wrap this up,
0: I want to highlight one thing, Adrian, that you brought up that I just think is so powerful is that the answer is simple. (laughs) And you said, you know, that sometimes that's bad news is the answer is simple, but it can also be good news. Meaning you get to decide today, regardless of how you've shown up in the past for meetings, you get to decide today how you're going to show up tomorrow or, or for the rest of the day. You get to decide now. Are you going to own your experience in the meeting, or are you going to allow the meeting to dictate your experience? Or, I mean, you're still owning that; you're still creating that. But are you going to take ownership of it? And you can decide. It's easy. It's not easy. It's simple. It's a simple decision of the way that you're going to be in the meeting with those who you have committed to, to to create something new with. And I just think I just wanted to highlight that one more time to not let that get lost in the conversation that it's your it's your choice yep.
1: yeah man, no this was good made me think about our meetings yeah <laughs> it always does every time any, i have any suggestion about our meetings send me please <laughs> <laughs> it was good thank you yeah. this is
0: great this is great thanks gentlemen thanks guys ciao guys bye-bye everybody Well, friends of the podcast, thank you so much for joining us this week. If this podcast has helped you or entertained you at all, we encourage you to go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and a glowing review. That'll help us reach more people and grow this community. And finally, if you have any suggestions or feedback for the podcast, we would love to hear from you. You can email me at chad at takenewground.com. Thank you so much for joining us. and We'll meet you back here next week for another episode of the Naked Leadership Podcast.